Good afternoon, it's Dr. Charles Benz and you're listening to Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. Every week we pick a topic, usually out of the headlines of that week, which has something to do with your health and the science that either is there or not there for the things that you like to do, or maybe you should do that you don't do. Today we're going to be talking about alcohol. And I know that a lot of people enjoy their alcohol, whether it's beer or wine or other harder liquor. But these headlines that came out in the last week or so are pretty sobering. <laughs> Sorry to put the pun in there. And I'm going to be joined in the studio today with my friend and colleague, John Barson from Total Health Magazine. John's a chief researcher and editor there, and we've been working together for 15 or 20 years, even when there was a print magazine. Now it's an electronic one. And John has a Total Health magazine and Total Health magazine TV. And so we're going to be doing a lot of TV things that are going to be good for people. So, John, how are you today? I'm good. I can't find my corkscrew. What yeah. Can I do with my <laughs> right. <laughs> well, just so people know, I had an alcohol-induced problem about 35 or 40 years ago with my urinary tract system. And it was serious enough that uh, I had to go to the doctor and the doctor said, oh yeah, your combination of uh, red meat and uh, alcohol and other things probably contributed to it. Although it was more the books I read that said that than the doctor just said, oh, we have to do surgery on you and scared the bejeevers out of me. And so I said, I well, maybe we'll see about that. And I was going to a conference in a couple of weeks in California and I went there and I went to a health food store down in Long Beach. And there was a book there called Healing Urinary Tract and Prostate Problems Naturally. And I looked in the book and it said, don't eat red meat, don't drink alcohol, don't eat spicy foods, eat this kind of a diet, which was basically a Mediterranean type diet and take these supplements. And by gosh, in two or three months, my problem was basically gone. And I haven't had really a drink of alcohol since then. So, you know, I'm a teetotaler, but I liked my beer back in the day. And the beer apparently had contributed to my health problem. And so I feel like this science that's finally coming out is probably a little overdue because that was sort of over 35, almost 40 years ago. So John, the headlines, here's one that says, sobering news study, I don't know whether they used that word on purpose or not, sobering news study says that most of those under the age of 40 shouldn't drink alcohol at all. And then the other one says, moderate drinking linked to brain changes and chronic decline, and cognitive decline. And there was even another one that said something similar. And so I thought, why is this science all of a sudden coming out? Three studies in one week that say, look, we're sorry. We understand that everybody likes their beer and everybody likes their alcohol because it helps change their mood and it helps this and it helps that. But what do you think about it? Why do you think this science is coming out like this? And what do you think is behind it? Is it just better scientific studies? Okay, so this study you're talking about that says no alcohol level is safe for those under, as you and I know that we, when we were doing our research, we've got to look at where did this study come from and who's behind it. The study was actually funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So I have some questions about that. 
just right off the top. But you're right. We often see studies that come out and um, purport the benefits of something, whether it's a supplement or whatnot. And then a short time later, another study will come out saying that there's the negative benefits of that, the positive benefits of that. And collective, I mean, my, my opinion collectively is, I mean, there are studies that show very moderate use of alcohol can have some health benefits. And there's a bunch of studies that, that, that say that, but I think it's a real issue now because of this past two years, thanks to the lockdowns, that uh, alcohol consumption has gone way up. Oh, and here's something to note, although food, there's inflation and food prices are going up and food and uh, they want to make meat so expensive, you can't afford it anymore. Why does the price of alcohol stay the same? That's a darn good question. Do you think you know the answer? Do you want to, you want to take a guess? Well, it reminds me of something I learned many years ago when I got the contract to go up to a small town called Telegraph Creek in Northern British Columbia to install a computer network and systems in their printers for an administration building on a very large, on a large Indian reserve. And what I learned, I completely changed my whole attitude of how natives were suppressed. And this is before the Catholic school problem came out and the, the children being taken away and forced into these schools was that they had discovered a major gold deposit up there. And so in response to that, what the government did was it forced the three tribes that lived in this large region to onto this reserve. And they said that this gold mine was going to be a boon to the economy and jobs and everything. Well, it turns out they never did get the jobs, but what they did get from the government was a liquor store. Yeah, well, the, these are unfortunate things, but it's almost like religion and politics. Alcohol yeah. is sacrosanct, all right? I can remember one of the people in my circle who has experienced a lot of health problems, joint problems and deteriorating retinas and all kinds of other problems. And I mentioned alcohol and she just said, I'm not going to give up my drink, my alcohol. And I thought, Okay, then. So, and the same thing is true with a lot of the men. They just laugh. They just say, what's, what is, what's the problem with a couple of beers in the evening? It's, it helps me to relax. All of these things are psychologically true in their minds that these things can have a benefit. And you even can find studies like you just said, okay, well, red wine has antioxidants in it. It has resveratrol. And then you see another study later that says, yeah, but you'd have to drink a thousand glasses of wine a day to get the amount of resveratrol that it has any clinical influence. Oh, I didn't know that. But again, right. if I say this in a workshop, if I say this, you'd have to drink a thousand a day. Invariably, some guy, usually a guy, will say, well, I can try that. And I go, oh my God, what am I doing here? Because it's a joke to them. But becoming ill is not a joke. No. And if it's the only thing that you do that's an insult, because it, from a cellular level, all your cells know is it's an insult. I remember I did a workshop with Daniel Amen back in Fort Myers, and he was saying certain things weren't good for the brain because he's really a brain expert. And one of the quotes he said was, alcohol is not a health drink. <laughs> and I thought... Okay, he just sort of summed it up very quickly. It's still sugar for the most part, whether it's hard liquor right. or wine. And so sugar is not good for the body, period. Everybody knows that. But a lot of people don't know that alcohol is more or less sugar. And the other thing is the liver has a really hard time dealing with it. 
almost as hard a time as they have dealing with some prescription medications because it's really hard to break it down effectively. And that's why people that drink a little bit too much alcohol have liver disease, non-fatty liver disease. And so there's enough science behind it to say, look, it precipitates the development of cardiovascular problems that cause heart disease, they cause stroke, causes diabetes. This was all from a Mayo Clinic study. And when the Bill and Melinda Gates thing, they did a worldwide study, they looked at 1.34 billion people, and they said 77% of them were women, and that 60% of the whole group were having harmful consumption of alcohol. I don't know whether the University of Washington would falsify the information. They were given some money to do the study. They probably knew what Bill and Melinda wanted. But by the same token, I think the statistics are valid. Well, it's not just sugar. I mean, that's a great point that alcohol turns into sugar, and that's a major cause of inflammation in the body. But as we're talking, getting ready for the show, I was reminded of a study published a couple of years ago where they tested a large quantity of different California wines, including organic wines. So me, I'm, and you are organic everything. And they found that every single wine was contaminated with glyphosate. So it's not just your food you have to worry about pesticides, it's also your alcohol. Oh my God, that's really significant because that's one of the worst toxins there is. Well, so I like my red wine. So I researched the best places to get red wine and I switched to a couple of countries where glyphosate's not being used, and I purchased those organic wines. So I don't purchase yeah. North American organic wines anymore. Right. My thing. That's well, my thing. That's my research. You have the capacity to do that, and you have the capacity to do a lot of other things to improve your health. And so, oh, yes. for you, it's a calculated risk. All right. Yes, absolutely. For other people, it's an uncalculated risk. In other words, they're going to do it regardless. And so, what I guess the purpose of today's show is that we've got to put it in perspective and say, look, if you have done adequate blood testing, if you have done adequate symptoms analysis, if you do a lot of other things right, like not smoking and exercising and taking supplements and you're doing a lot of the right things, which it sounds like you are, then probably a glass or two of red wine is not a bad thing. The problem is that there's an enzyme that helps to process alcohol. And because of the difference between the male and the female body, males can tolerate about two drinks a day, whereas the average woman can only tolerate one drink a day. So I would say that when they're talking about moderate consumption, that's what we're talking about. That's the level that really, if you're doing one beer a night, you know, my dad in later life, in the last 10 years of his life, he stopped smoking cigarettes and he stopped drinking alcohol, but not completely. In other words, he stopped from 20 cigarettes a day down to 15 and down to 10 and down to five and down to three. So he, he gradually went and he did the same thing with alcohol. He would have a glass of half a glass of beer at lunchtime and then he'd have another half of that, 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 that glass of beer in the evening. So he was doing this moderation thing like 40, 50 years ago. And so he understood it. 
It's just like you're, if I may promote one of your books that we, I interviewed you on that book years ago and at the, at the Scripps conference is where we right. met. And I interviewed at the Scripps, Com Scripps conference about your book, The Healthy Smoker, <laughs> where you were talking about if you're going to quit smoking, well, one of the best ways to quit smoking is to get healthy. And here's why. And you have, of course, you have all the science and all of that. And I've re repeated what you told me to so many people, to so many smokers about, well, if you're going to smoke, then get healthier. Here's, here's the antioxidants you need. You got to boost your vitamin C. You got to do things to get healthier, eat healthier. And the cravings will go down and you'll reduce your smoking naturally. And the same thing applies to alcohol. So there's the topic for your next book after you're done with cancer. Well, I think that you're quite right because no matter what it is, whether it's sugar or carbohydrates or chocolate or wine, it's a craving, all right? Yes. And so there's a psychological and a biochemical reason for it. And so in, in the case of chocolate, for instance, this is a real cry for your body to have more magnesium. And so people don't think about it. They just think, I like it. The taste of it is good. Well, where do you think that feeling came from? It came from your brain where the brain is saying, hey, we like that because it got us what we needed. Biochemically, it got us magnesium. So I say to people, okay, so if you ate more legumes and other foods like green vegetables that are filled with magnesium, do you think your chocolate consumption would go down? And people look at me, they roll their eyes, they go, yeah, it might go down, but I think I'd still like to have a bite or two every day. <laughs> right. And I'm going to say the same thing about chocolate as I say about the alcohol. A bite or two is not going to be a big problem, all right? especially if it's healthy, really dark without a lot of sugar in it. And so those cravings for alcohol are built into the biochemical memory of our brains and our cells. And so, yes, they crave it. They crave it in many cases because they crave amino acids or they crave, they crave some dopamine that your body needs or serotonin that your body, that your brain needs. But if you eat the right diet and get those nutrients in the right diet, then those cravings will subside. And the nice thing about these cravings is, and people, they say to me, how can you get rid of it? If you reduce it gradually over time, in two or three weeks, every craving can be eliminated. And that we know that from the science, we know that from the biochemical studies that have been done. So if you wanted to reduce the amount of alcohol, you would have to make sure that the body had the Mediterranean diet, that you were eating enough fruits and vegetables and seeds and olive oil and all the other good things so that your cells would be happy. Because this is also the essence of why people gain weight. They gain weight because the cells don't have enough of the nutrients in the body that the cells need. And so they send out these craving signals that say, okay, we need to eat more because we're not getting what we need. You don't need to eat more of the wrong things. You need to eat more of the right things. And yes. then your cravings will go down. And so that was my whole theory about the smoker the healthy smoker was I knew people who actually were able to quit smoking because they changed their diet and exercised and detoxified their body. And the next thing you know, I didn't feel like smoking anymore. And I went, hey, that's a miracle. 
So there's a book out by Joan Matthews Larson called Seven Weeks to Sobriety. And this book is now about 20 or 25 years old. It was a New York Times bestseller back in the 90s. She wrote the book because her son was going too much into the alcohol and he became depressed and he was going more into the alcohol because of the depression. And bingo, he committed suicide. And so she wrote two best-selling books, one, Depression Free Naturally, and Seven Weeks to Sobriety. And and not in honor of her son, but in in response to the challenge that he had that he couldn't deal with. And so she didn't want other people to have to deal with that same challenge. And what is both of her books about? Eating a balanced diet, exercising, reducing stress. I mean... The formula has been there, John, for 25, 30, 35 years, and yet people continue to not pay attention to that message. That's, this is what amazes me. And here are these articles coming up. Yeah, my, I should explain, my wine consumption went from one to two bottles a week just through less and less desire. It's one to two bottles a month. Well, I think that's totally tolerable for a vast majority of people. I just think that because 70% of people in our country have a chronic one or two chronic diseases or more, that they really can't afford it. And so to me, I would say, listen, get rid of those chronic illnesses because every one of them has a natural solution, all right? And 90% of the time, prescription drugs are not needed even as an adjunctive therapy. And we know from the science now, the studies have come out that only 6% of of prescription drugs have any good science behind them. But most of the functional medicine theory, formulas and strategies have 80 to 90 of the science that's needed. So if they look at all these different studies, and the second one that I mentioned about moderate drinking is linked to brain challenges. This was done by the PLOS Medicine Journal, and they're talking about Parkinson's, and Alzheimer's and dementia. And do you right. know people fear Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and dementia more than they fear death because they know it's like a living death, okay? It's like I'm living, but I'm really, the quality of life is just deteriorating so much. So to me, that's one of the things I think people need to see, wait a minute, I want to avoid that. And so I'm going to do what John Barson does. I'm going to get my organic wine. I'm going to get healthier like Dr. Benz and John want me to do. And then I'm going to cut down on the amount. And so we're not saying stop it, even though the studies sometimes suggest that. I have people say, oh, I'm able to go to sleep better. But the studies all say, yeah, but you're doing more damage to your sleep patterns in the long term than you do getting to sleep. And then people end up with interrupted sleep and not getting enough sleep. So there's so much not damage. Enough, not done. enough REM sleep. Not enough REM sleep, exactly. And that's usually in the first couple of hours where you really want to get for every hour, I think before 10 o'clock, it's worth two hours after midnight. And so then we're talking about stomach damage. And so the system, the alcohol in the system can harm the, the digestive system and then it can harm the key organs, the kidneys, the livers, the heart, the brain. And so if you're getting the right tests and you have a good functional medicine doctor and you're eating the right diet and you're taking the right supplements, then God bless you. 
have a drink of alcohol. If that's one of the ways that you decide to reward yourself, then, you know, God bless you, have, an, have a reward. But other than that, I think that, that people are, if they're drinking more than one or two drinks a day, I think in one of the studies it was like 18 drinks of any kind a week was constituting as moderate drinking. In the surveys, people say, I'm, not, I'm a non-alcoholic consumer. And the average in that group was like 18 a week. So these are serious problems, but we have to mention these things every once in a while, right? We do. We absolutely do. But like you say, if you start, if you do go to a healthier diet, if you do start taking some really fantastic supplements to complement your diet, like Cardio Miracle, which we've just done two shows on, then your body is going to reduce the cravings naturally in the process. And we know that any kind of a sugar consumption will set you up for a cardiovascular challenge for about two to three hours. So whether it's sugar from too much chocolate, sugar from a candy, sugar from other alcohol, your arteries then are about two hour, two to three hours in a challenge situation, which means that the endothelial lining of compresses and starts to go into kind of a defensive mode, okay? And if you've also had a, a burger and some fries along with that, then you're into like two, three, four hours of a cardiac challenge. And so to me, it really does speak to what I realized in my own health. I had this, all the red meat and all the alcohol and uh, sugar. I mean, I even cut down on the amount of fruit that I eat every day because I know someone says, oh, well, in Canada, they say that five fruits and vegetables are okay. And what if I eat four fruits and only one vegetable, that's still okay. That's not the way it works. It should be exactly the other way around. It should be four vegetables and one fruit. And even at that, I don't think it's enough. I think it should be five to seven helpings of fruits and vegetables. And People say, well, how do you get that? I got eight, three or four vegetables in the morning for, bre for breakfast. Oh, really? <laughs> I, cereal? No, I haven't had cereal for like 30 years. A lot of people take the fruit because they think they're getting more vitamin C. And the fact of the matter is broccoli has more vitamin C than an orange. Yes. And vitamin D as well. The greens have more vitamin D than calcium does, as the milk does. And so when these misperceptions, I mean, that's a great point, John. I had somebody say during COVID, well, I make sure I eat three or four or five oranges a day to get my vitamin C because they heard vitamin C was going to help them prevent COVID, right? I said, that's the worst thing you can do because yes. you're, going to, you're going to get a low amount of sugar, like 10 grams for every orange when you need 500 or 1,000 grams. And so that's not going to be the way to go. Plus you're getting vitamin all the sugar. Vitamin C, not sugar. Sorry, you C. said sugar. You meant vitamin yes. C, yeah. Vitamin C. So the oranges are okay, but there's not enough real vitamin C in there to make a big difference. And so to me, it's much better to have a vegetable of some kind with the vitamin C and the vitamin D and not all the sugar. And, and so I just shake my head when people say, yeah, I was eating more oranges. That's the thing that's going to cause the virus to actually grow faster. I mean, it, sugar is one of those things that we know from COVID. If you eat too much sugar, you actually can suppress your immune system by about 75% because sugar will take the place of vitamin C. And vitamin C is needed to go into the white blood cells. 
but they have a similar molecular structure. And so if you consume too much sugar and your white blood cells get filled up with sugar instead of vitamin C, then you've just suppressed your immune system by up to 75%. It's absolutely insane. So well, I've heard it said that if sugar was invented today, it would be illegal. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but again, people are craving it, all right? And they crave it because they're not getting enough of the nutrients they need in their body to satisfy what their cells need. So these that's are right, because your body we, takes the quick energy, right? Your sugar, the sugar yes. is the easy road. Yes. So what your body yes. does is, oh, there's so, oh, I can use that fuel. That's yes. easy. That's a, it's lazy, right? <laughs> so it, it'll take the, and if you have too much sugar, then it ignores everything else. And then like you say, you depress your microbiome and the research you're coming out over this last past few years has, is pointing to the fact that the bio, my, microbiome is probably the most important organ in the body. Sugar shuts it down. Yes. Yes, and I think that the whole problem with the news media is that they don't cover this kind of information. So the average person is not getting the kind of information that you and I are talking about. And that's really the problem. The average person has a misunderstanding, a misconception about what, where vitamin C comes from and how much they need and whether it comes into the body in the right form or not. So I just say this, I say this, if you see a study published on NBC news on their website, start doing your own research because yes. I can almost guarantee you that study was funded by somebody associated with advertising of some kind. Yes. Yes. I couldn't agree with you more. I just think people have to be very careful because vitamin C in large doses is very therapeutic. Linus Pauling proved this. Vitamin D in large doses is also great. The problem is we're not always getting enough from our foods to prevent right. COVID, to prevent cancer, to prevent other viruses. And yet when you look at what the solution is to cancer and viruses and these illnesses, vitamin C is the number one therapy used by functional medicine doctors to treat all of these illnesses and vitamin it D. Is. So... They Bingo. are, yes. I mean, I think that we've convinced ourselves, I hope we've convinced a few others, that taking the, getting the right diet with the right supplements is definitely the way to cut down the cravings for alcohol and other sugar products. And so I think that uh, having said that, maybe we should sign off for today. And we have some good programs coming up and, uh, at the end of August. I know you have some ideas for some great programs and what was the one that we're going to try to do and oh we're going to we're going to cover smart women's choice okay google that listeners please google that smart women's choice it's amazing well so this is a really safe pregnancy protection 100 percent effective birth control and it's hormone free it's chemical free it's hypoallergenic carry it in your purse and it's, we've got the studies, the science, and it, the story behind it is just simply amazing. It's going to be a movie one day, I know. In fact, I know that in Austria, they're, right now, as we're talking, they're working on a documentary of the story of the woman that created it at 92. What's the name again? Give us the name. Smart Women's Choice. Smart Women's Choice. So that will be one of our programs that we're going to do. Probably that will be aired sometime in September because we won't be taping that one until August the 28th. But anyway, leader, re, listeners need to know that we have some of these programs online that, that we're going to be doing in the future. So that's one of them. 
Now we just have to say thanks to our, our sponsors yes. again for allowing us to be here and, and help us to do what we do. And the first one is Paddock Pools. And Paddock Pools is a swimming pool company that has a vacuum extractor that actually takes the chlorinated chlorine gas off of the surface of the pool so that people can really drink highly oxygenated air as they're exercising. And that's really crucial because that chlorine gas can deplete zinc levels and it can, in the long term, lead to cancer. And so I don't want to turn anybody off to swimming, but you know, you want to make sure your zinc levels are tested and your vitamin D3 levels are tested to make sure you're not getting these negative impacts. And if you have a chance to influence the decision makers in your community, uh, ask them about paddock pools and their vacuum extractor because you probably need one in your pool in your community. Another sponsor is MPB Health. And MPB Health is a medical cost sharing company. And that's different than health insurance, although you get all the same kinds of coverage from your doctor to your tests to your hospital services. But they're a company that really looks at the overall picture of the people in their group and they try to make sure they're healthier so that instead of charging you earlier about what you think you're going to consume, they charge you as you're going based on what the group really consumes. Doing it this way and paying attention to wellness education has been able to reduce the cost, overall annual cost, by 30 to 50% for most people. And so MPB Health has a good formula, a good company, and a good staff to promote you and help you to understand it. Go online, listen to their videos and watch their videos, and then call them and see if they can provide these services for you. You might be able to be very surprised that you can get a less expensive health coverage for a, well, for a healthier body. J-Labs, that's a, a testing company, and they have all kinds of tests, urine tests, genetic tests, biochemical tests. They've been doing this for 50 or 60 years now, and they're trying to find the test that will show what's going on in your cells early, five to 10 years before these biomarkers for disease actually show up. And so if you can find illness early, you can do a lot more to prevent it than if you find it later. So DHA Labs they have a lot of good tests. You can go online and look. They're actually having a workshop this evening on genetic testing. Beacon Point Advisors. Beacon Point Advisors is a, is a financial investment organization, consultants, and they actually do more than just provide a good personalized plan for your health, for your wealth. They actually are concerned about your health. And so Beacon Point Advisors has 50 offices around the country. They're sponsoring this show, which is a good sign of their commitment to wellness and health. But they're going to offer other services, too, that will make sure that the money that you earn, that you're investing, actually can be extended in how long you can use it and be extended in how well you can use it because now you're going to have a lot more energy and a lot more health to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And finally, Cardio Miracle. Cardio Miracle is a new sponsor for us. It's a product with 53 different nutrients in it that help the cardiovascular system in your body to produce nitric oxide and, as a byproduct, increase the amount of vitamin D3 in your body. So we're still learning every week with new studies what the benefits of this product is. If you would like to experience it yourself, you'll probably be able to just go to our website, drcharlesbenz.com, drcharlesbenz.com, 
and click on any of the products. We may even feature it on the homepage. So look for the Cardio Miracle Definitely. bottle. Click on it and go there and then get the discount, the 15% discount by putting in the discount code B-E-N-S. So cardiomiracle.com or in the Dr. Charles Benz place and just go in there and give it a try. We've been getting some people claiming that they've been getting benefits showing up very significantly within a week to 10 days because of the nitric oxide that your body will getting the, it's not getting now. So, John, thanks again for your help today. Uh, Thank really you, appreciate Charles. It. Yeah, and thanks to all our listeners. We really appreciate the time you spent with us. We hope it was worth it. We hope you come back and listen to us again. Bye for now.